Welcome to the latest episode of EG Like Sunday Morning, in a week which has of course been difficult for everyone. Uh, the pointless war in Ukraine is costing innocent lives and spreading yet more fear after two years in which one might have hoped humanity might have learned the importance of coming together and valuing life above all else. Russia's indefensible actions and the state sanctions being levelled against them as a result are beginning to have an impact on real estate, as Parliament cracks down on oligarchs and kleptocrats using property to launder money through UK property. Though with people dying in the streets in Ukraine, it seems crass to focus on the implications for our sector. In the words of our fearless leader, Sam McClary, somehow it just doesn't feel important to pontificate on the issues in our little world of real estate right now. And yet, at a time when it is all too easy to be consumed by this latest crisis, we hope that this podcast, recorded inevitably against the backdrop of war, but not focused on it, can offer some small measure of distraction and hopefully a useful reminder of some of the other things going on this week, in case your attention has understandably been elsewhere. To that end, I am joined by our tireless news editor, Puig Man, and our roving reporter, Evelina Grichenko, for this week's roundup. Welcome, Pui and Evelina. How are you both doing? Hi. Yeah, good, thanks. It's It's been a weird old time, hasn't it? So uh, yes. I'm, I'm welcoming this uh, as, a, as a respite, uh, I think, from uh, <laughs> from the, the you know, all the, the strange and weird upsetting things that are happening mm. out there. Yeah, I absolutely believe that it's good that we can create something that would abstract guys from the kind of very sad things happening around and maybe smile one more time, you know. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe here and there. And and Evelina, now as we record this, I am sat uh, at home just south of Bedford, uh, which is pretty much bang in the middle of the Oxford uh, to Cambridge arc. So mm. I, I have a vested interest in asking you about this. But there's a there's a big effort in real estate to save the arc uh, uh, that you've been writing about this week. And so I thought first for anyone who hasn't been paying attention, can you talk us through the background of the arc and, and the expectations that people have had for it in recent years? Yeah, so the issue here is that there was a huge government commitment uh, to develop the ARC, to develop life sciences there, but it's not only about the life sciences, it's also about the infrastructure, about the resi, and about making Oxford and Cambridge a global brand. Because uh, all the things were here, the talent was here, the employment places were here, so the aim was to bring more resi space for those talents to live in and to bring good communication links so these people can travel from home to work. So uh, that was a huge project that was really supported by big names in the private sector and with the funds of the public sector, uh, we see it kind of being realized. So uh, yeah, Oxford and Cambridge really became a global name and it has like potential to compete with some US markets, so which is Boston. Uh, but now there are concerns on the market that uh, uh, those plans are being shelved, so mm. that the government is not talking as much as it was about the investment in the Oxford Cambridge Park. So they believe that uh, these brands are now established and they can carry on using private funding. They don't require public funds really. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the companies were really concerned about that. I mean, like there was a huge proposal, people believed in that, people like st mm. started working there and uh, they've seen the development going on and now someone says like, oh, we're gonna rethink these plans again. So it must be very disappointing. So I really understand the concerns of people in this market. Mm -hmm. Why are they uh, 
campaigning, let's say. Is it being seen almost as a, a victim of, of the levelling up agenda with, with focus going you know, further afield from from London in, into uh, you know, you know, the, the northern regions and, and southern regions? And is, that, is that a part of the problem? Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, the blame for the government in this sense was that they're trying to make uh, other hubs across the UK, like in the north and uh, maybe in the Scotland too, to kind of catch up with Oxford and Cambridge Hawk. But mm. there is a problem that uh, they're no, not that well known globally to catch up with the Oxford and Cambridge. And mm. I mean, like the problem is that uh, if you start to try to help those uh, other hubs across the UK to catch up with Cambridge and Oxford, so the Cambridge and Oxford itself, they will be lagging. So, you know, so mm. it kind of in order to balance that, you have to kind of stop the development of Oxford yeah. and Cambridge Hawk and then push all the investment elsewhere. <laughs> so that's not something that would be welcomed by the people, you know, involved in the uh, work at Oxford and Cambridge Hawk. So it, I, I could absolutely understand that. Yeah. So their concerns and why they're trying to uh, kind of pay government's attention to this issue. And mm. yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what's government going to say, because probably there are uh, there are other people who say that oh it's been enough investment now so private sector can take care, mm -hmm. so you know there were really different views and they say that uh, as long as the transport link is going to stay so there will be uh, other hubs developed I mean uh, it's going to be a wider arc so it's not going to be just Oxford and Cambridge there is also Stevenage Bedford as you say so there mm -hmm. is plenty of opportunities there so they say why don't you take this kind of smaller towns around and develop them uh, well that, that sounds good to me but who, who are some of the the real estate companies who've been stepping up to to, to try and save the arc and, and what steps are they taking Evelina? uh really tricky there were 17 companies but <laughs> not of them <laughs> yeah not all of them are happy to be named but uh, i mean uh, at some point, maybe they will all stand up and say, like, it's us. It's us who are trying to save the Oxford and Cambridge Arc. And it's going to be very exciting. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think we're going to tell, talk about this just once and then forget about it. I mean, it's an ongoing campaign and they're really prepared to fight for their home because actually the Oxford and Cambridge Arc is their home. It's where they've grown up. Most of them are the startups from the, you know, Cambridge or Oxford universities. Mm. So they, uh, they've they been living here for ages, they've been established there and they're not prepared to move or give up. So, you know, uh, I'm sure we're going to hear about them in the future. And uh, yeah, so basically the letter, they uh, launched the letter explaining their concerns to the Chancellor. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the response is going to be. So yeah. absolutely looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be you'll be keeping your finger on the pulse, and as you say, it almost certainly won't be the last time we talk about uh, this on on EG Light Sunday morning. And anyone you're speaking to, please do, uh, you know, do what you can to uh, to, to to stand up for Bedford and uh, let them know that's that's where the the focus should be. And and Pui, um, talking about topics uh, to which we return often. Um, this week, uh, you have the latest on the Bichard, Bichard review into the strategy, purpose and governance of the RICS, uh, which yes. is beginning to come into focus. Can you first of all, can you tell me how to pronounce it? I think it's Bichard. OK. Yeah, I, I think I have to double check, but I think that is that is, that is it. you've got me questioning it now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, I, think, I think it is. 
Um, but yes, uh, this week, uh, returning back to the, the well-loved topic um, of the RICS um, on EG like Sunday morning. Um, this week, Lord Bichard published a summary of his findings for his independent review into the RICS's purpose and relevance. Um, and that's, he's going to use those to form the basis for his big recommendations uh, that are coming out in June. Um, there isn't a lot there that will surprise anyone, I don't think. So listeners will be well versed uh, with the long held consensus that the RICS is losing, if not already lost its position as a member led organisation, uh, you know, on the back of weakening ties with staff. And um, I do have to say, though, that he, he seems quite invested in restoring um, more decision-making powers to members. And so it'd be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, again, though, you know, some fairly well-trodden ground. There's calls for greater efforts on diversity and inclusion, a clearer governance structure, improved regulation, you know, complaints about the global strategy and, and complaints about you know, poor value for money for the services that are being offered. They're also going to be very familiar to our listeners. Um, but um, but, you know, he you know, he's, he does really seem to be listening. Um, and he was struck in particular by how so many um, of the big players in particular were really, um, uh, you know, very emphatic about the need to improve diversity and inclusion and how to foster the next generation of talent um you know he made the point that um the matrix which was the younger member body used to have a seat on governing council but now no longer has that so it's kind of like they've they've gone it's been denying them this mm. voice uh, you know for the younger generation of talent and you know I, I think he felt particularly passionate about seeing that voice restored um you know at, at the organization um i guess the one thing he missed out though is or he did say that the issue of directly influencing fees and staff bonuses and pay packages are a bit beyond his remit so i'll be very <laughs> interested to see what the response to that might be because that is obviously as listeners will know a big issue of contention mm. um but yeah i mean on the whole his message is you know he's urging members who might have lost faith in the organization to just stick around and and give it give it a chance um and he is pledging to do his best in getting the rics moving in the right direction um again so i guess stay tuned for for more in june when the review comes out uh yeah wow. <laughs> yeah uh lord bichard says be patient uh my Cat is now making a hell of a noise in the background. Esme, please do stop that. Uh, Lord Bichard says, uh, be patient. Um, so in what kind of time frame do you think we're looking at for, for actual completion of this review and, and any findings? So I think he's going to be using the next couple of months now to um, to kind of go through the you know, try and draw up his recommendations. I mean, he did say that it was helpful that there was such a strong consensus from the 504 responses that he got. So he's um, sort of drafting up, you know, he's he's got a view to drafting up his recommendations by sort of April, May-ish time, and then publication um, in June. But he did say he's going to leave the inbox open um, so that, you know, any further responses that come in 
um, he, he'll also be taking a look at those. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if listeners now feel, hang on, I, I felt quite strongly about the fact that they haven't talked about fees, etc. Um, now's the time to email in, I guess. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Uh, and meanwhile, Pui, um, you must be beginning your preparations uh, for MIPIM. Are, are you looking forward to a, a few days in Cannes? Uh, yeah, I've got a 10-hour train journey on the cards for oh, wow. Monday, so that will be that will be fun. I, I guess um, gin and lots of banana grams will be on the cards. <laughs> it took you about 10 hours to get into the office on Tuesday, so you're, yeah. you're used to that kind of ordeal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but, team strike was not helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's very sustainable area. actually, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, like you choose the right way to go there because uh, it was a funny thing with me when I was talking about some with someone uh, who's going to meet them too. So uh, they said like, oh, we're making our stand like so much uh, uh, helpful for the environment, like environmentally friendly and we're using reusable bottles for water and blah, blah, blah. And you know, when you ask them such a question like, how are you going to get to MIP and they're like oh we're gonna fly (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah kind of uh, undercuts the the whole enterprise um but MIPIM is is another of those areas this week where where sanctions against Russia and its people have taken hold isn't it Brick? Yes, yeah. So um, MIPIM has removed uh, Russian exhibitors and um, attendees from its roster. I mean it might have been unlikely they would have turned up anyway you know given that France has blocked off its airspace um, to Russian aircraft so even if they wanted to come I'm not sure if they would have been able to but um, the message is is clear you know um, they that they strongly condemn the invasion of uh, Ukraine and that it stands in solidarity um, with Ukraine so there is no Russian pavilion um, the uh, Moscow city government was listed um, as an exhibitor but they won't be taking a stand anymore and um, the at- the attendees that were down to to be there like the State Duma and the sanctioned VTB bank they won't be there either. Uh, rightly so and um, hopefully we, uh, you'll be you'll be back in a, a couple of weeks to, to talk us through your experiences uh, in MIPIM uh, you and some of your your colleagues who are out there um but uh for now uh should we round up the rest of the week's news uh in the form of a quiz uh just got just a short one this week um so evelina would you like to go first or second second please second okay so (laughs) question one by how much did the value of investments made by jll's technologies division increase in 2021 Oh no. Um uh yeah, oh, Tim's going to kill me for getting this wrong. Um I no longer get three options. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's the, easy. I lost the There's, there's yeah. no multiple choice for this one. Uh, um so I guess um I would say I don't know uh, 200%. Um I'm going to give you that because the answer is more than trebled. So if you if you increase by 200%, you do treble. So I'm going to give you the point on that. That's, oh, my God. That's, wow. that's, that's, that's good, close enough in the ballpark. Uh, OK, Evelina, which online travel agent is set to move to one of Soho's newest office developments? Have you been that, paying attention to Alex's stories that, this week? That, I don't know. Is that Skyscanner? She has been paying attention. That's very impressive. It is kind of one one. Okay, the missing words round. There's a slight theme to the missing words round this week. 
Pui, blank stalls London office rent growth. Blank stalls London office rent growth. Um, it's It's got to be either Covid or Omicron or something. It, it, uh, it does. Which one are you plumping for? Oh, which? Oh, uh, oh, Omicron. Correct. It is Omicron. Great. Thanks, uh, Evelina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evelina, agency results show blank bounce back. Um, you may be able to intuit the blank from the, the, the options for the blanks last time. I don't know. Um, <laughs> agency results show blank bounce back. Covid. It is COVID, 2-2, two, two. fantastic performance. Uh, okay, Teamwork. so now <laughs> so let's see if we can split you both with uh, the diary round of questions. Pui, it was World Book Day this week, uh, which uh, you may have spotted on, on the, uh, the, the social media timelines of, of any parents you happen to know. Um, which fairy tale building was named as the most expensive fictional foodstuff of all time by delivery app Food Hub? Is this is this the gingerbread house? It or? is the gingerbread house <laughs> from from Hansel and Gretel. Three out of three for Bree. Uh, that's why she gets the big bucks. Um, Evelina, slightly trickier for you, possibly. I don't know. Agency RX London has bucked the trend of shortening names, but what new name has it registered at company's house? RX London. What is its new name? Yeah, I think I can remember this in the chat, but I can't <laughs> remember which one was. It's RX, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, so you're asking me what was it before? <laughs> no, it, it was it was RX London, and it's now uh, something else, according to documents filed at company's house. So it's 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 actually lengthened its name. Yeah, yeah, because they expanded to explain it. So EX is experience, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and R stands for. <laughs> uh, sorry, I can't remember oh, that. Can I get Pui, half a you, point? <laughs> you get half a point. Yeah, Pui, do you know what it what it would have been? I mean, I guess R could only stand for real estate, right? It does in indeed. This, like, it in does. This uh, it is real estate experience. So, for by the narrowest of margins, Pui uh, with. Yeah, two, uh, three, three out of three, or two point seven five out. Uh, take it uh, over Evelyn's two and a half. But a fantastic performance uh, by you both. So many thanks uh, to you both for joining me to round up uh, the week's other news. Um, to everyone out there, try to enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, you have been listening to EG like Sunday morning.